Dear human, dear soul, I welcome you to my podcast series, Conversations with the Universe. Since a near-death experience, I have the gift to communicate with subtle levels of the cosmos. The knowledge from these for us invisible forms of energy I capture in my books and it is now a great pleasure for me to share this knowledge, these conversations with you as a supplement to the books. Please excuse me if the terms and articulations are not perfect. Our mother tongue is German, but we try to translate it to the best of our abilities. Thank you. Dearest friend and teacher, a new session, a new chapter, a new episode. I simply ask you to speak. I am ready. Sure. To understand the subtle worlds, it takes a lot of complex understanding of the connections of the respective areas. Nothing is really separate. Even the Great Wall, as you have named it, made of a specific energy, is not really a separation. It represents a kind of transitional energetics. Nowhere is one force separate from another. But each has its individual special characteristics, individual frequencies. And some frequencies can perceive other frequencies, but only some. Anyone not perceiving the other frequency ranges and energy fields thus easily falls into the perception and illusion of separation. It's similar to what goes on in your bodies. In the subtler levels, however, this separation is even less present than with you. Because you have indeed the skin as the body's divider. This conveys the illusion of complete separation from the entire grade. This is not possible in the subtle world. For everything is energetically connected to everything else, as if by a continuous mass. You have experienced this feeling in your near-death experience. Oh yes, I remember. The energetics in my near-death experience was a very intense experience, encompassing everything. Actually amassed. You named it exactly right. A mass that I am part of but still may be felt individually. The feeling of separation was simply non-existent there, and the beautiful thing about it was that it conveyed this connection on one hand, so that one no longer felt so alone, like in a body, just like in a cocoon, mm -hmm. and on the other hand. Was there an incredibly large amount of love energy noticeable? That means I bathed in this sea of love, but of course, I also know that it was the planes of light where I ultimately perceived. So, are you saying that even in the areas devoid of light, this feeling, more precisely, this type of connection, as I have felt it, is also perceived? No. I want to point out that everything is interconnected. And that the perception of the individual energy, the individual soul, the key is to perceive this fact of being connected with everything. You have that. Misphrased. Only the purest, very high vibrating forms of energy can perceive the whole. And thus the abundance. But those who are polluted and have diminished consciousness, powerless, 
do not perceive this great whole. I want you to understand that everything in these levels is interwoven, interacting with each other. Divisions between levels are ultimately just blurring quality differences of the respective areas. Hmm. Can you explain an example of that? Yes. Let's consider the realm of the deceased in the radiant area. And let's talk about the deceased in the less illuminated area, which we call the waiting hall. Both are not separate. They are together, side by side, and even into each other. There is only the flowing transition of both levels into each other, but by no means a concrete separation is a soul energy in the darker area of the plane of the deceased. So she can increase her power through different impulses from within and from the outside. Th that is me. Suddenly, as you would say, in the area of brighter frequency perception of the deceased, but the transition itself is smooth. The energy is in your power. The frequency has increased, so there was no need to make a direct effort. But solely, this newly created frequency difference has caused it? That they now feel themselves in the brighter area? Perceives. They are not levels that exist separately from each other, but rather in their different frequency qualities, or let's say vibration qualities. To distinguish vibrational qualities and these different qualities from the different ones and eternal qualities of the soul. To additionally still perceive differently, like a radio that simply perceives a certain frequency range and not all. Radio perceives everything or more. It's like a sea of radio waves that constantly flows through our air in the end. And one radio, say the soul for example, can do more. Another soul can just receive fewer stations. The broadcaster of the cosmos always present. It therefore depends on each individual soul in our and in my image, in each, each radio receiver, which broadcasting frequency or which cosmic frequency it ultimately perceives, mm. just less or just a few more. Or there were many frequencies. I believe this metaphor explains these two components to the me. The simplest thing is that everything is always there interacting, just not always perceived by everyone. Uh, yes, uh, this is a very important and especially correct representation to accurately describe the respective conception of the levels to each other. The cosmos can indeed be categorized into different areas, but he is a great man, whole. That requires quite a bit of imagination, my dear friend and teacher, because we are used to perceiving things linearly, that things truly exist in and among each other. Simultaneously is somehow hard to imagine. I understand. So the areas the are... The ones you have described so far, no real separate areas each, but they are different states of perception. You can say that, yes. 
but still they are the descriptions of the respective qualities of the areas. Even as a human in a body, each individual perceives life, the environment and people differently from one another. Uh, that's right. You've also mentioned in the last chapter that the perception of the subtle world can be just as individually different. Yes. Just like in the body. I just want to point out that in the end, it's a kind of rough classification, a possible description and perception category to create. Yes. And yet it's about the specific qualities of the realms and their beings. Overall, it was mainly about also to record which forms of energy are present in which area, that is, with which area they resonate. Harmonize. In the end, it resonates, similar to this area. Yes. Okay, I get that. But there are certainly many who might never. Can someone ever notice and still possibly be in a brighter area, right? Yes. That happens because their perception is shaped in such a way that they don't do it. You're certainly right about that. That's quite complicated. But okay, I've understood. You want to say that ultimately the cosmos is a big field of energy? Right. Indeed, you have summarized that very nicely. And now, I'll save myself the question of where and what the source is, since you'll tell me again that you can't answer that question, Fudge. right? Well, yes, I can answer that question. But it won't fully satisfy you, Sylvia. No? The source is this energy field. Yes, of course. But if we're talking about an energy field, then such an energy field actually occupies a certain space as well. So, no, her space is herself. Yes, exactly. It's working. And it's, it's exactly at that point where my human understanding really checks out. Uh, that's it. But okay, it's probably just like with the universe. There, no one asks the question. So where it is. Sure, yes. What else would you like to tell me? So tell us about the mortal community. When the transitions are smooth and the realms do not appear clearly separated from one another, so the movements of energy among each other are also transitional. Light and floating, you would say. Sure. So you can move from area to area. There That's are no how boundaries. It is. That's how it is. And certainly, when I think back logically now, energies move in the higher frequency ranges. Ultimately, Wicky. those staying there also move faster, a bit slower. We've established that. Exactly. If you could look at all the frequency ranges together in one field of vision, thus you would experience the higher frequency ranges very vividly and the lower ones less so. So that's why I chose the description you noted. This impression of lifelessness is more easily understood with the word cemetery. Although, of course, there is no death there as you know it. But the silence, the stillness, the lifelessness, that a cemetery conveys to you, that's what it is. What best describes the lower areas? It's important to me that you understand the big picture. When beings go into the lower realms because they were asked for help or because other impulses called them, 
in any case, this can only be done with a lot of effort. The cosmos is energy, and movement is a form of energy fields. It doesn't take any effort to move, but it takes energy to modify the frequency range of one's own soul. That's the challenge. Transforming one's own energy into another form of energy. And that consumes energy. Yes, we've discussed that already. And when you go back to your energy level, your home in the end, your energy home, then you can recharge your energy there, right? Uh, yes. Please, go on. Staying in the subtle realms is very penetrating for the moving energies. The longer. In terms of time, the energy fields do not incarnate. The more subtle they become, more and more. That's what I thought too, that an energy like you, for instance, incarnates less and less. Has not incarnated for a very long time, not for a long, long, long time. Is, while continuing to wander, thus in that state, solely through the constant dwelling in the subtlety, without incarnation still transformed. Yes, it permeates us and acts like a purifying energy field without cleaning, but simply transforming the energetics of our power. Like the chi that permeates you and keeps your bodies and souls alive, thus the great energy field that permeates us is always alive and supportive of our path of ascension. Ascension? Uh, yes. Now you're using a word that religions also use, ascension. I find that very interesting, that in some religions it is often discussed as uh, well. Yes, yes. But that's just how it is. We're talking about an energetic ascent into the higher frequency ranges, to then there, to become the vastness and the light. I get it. I know we've long reached a point where the approaches of religion are to be declared correct, only the execution is just completely wrong, unfortunately. But then there's also the so-called descent, right? But of course. And this descent is not possible in the subtle worlds either, but only in incarnation, That's how right? it is. Descent occurs in the clouded states of consciousness during incarnation. So that's a danger, if one can say so. In any case, a call to consciously take your steps and continually strive for the purification of your soul. I find this extremely fascinating because the terminologies of religious approaches on earth are always similar. Well... I'm just describing what is, or what your forefathers of faith and so-called guardians of religion have turned it into, is something entirely different. I know, unfortunately. Okay, so an energetic descent is only possible through and in an incarnation, not outside. It, yes. An energetic ascension in the body is possible, just like on the outside. Yes. That's beautiful. I always thought that outside the body it wouldn't be so easy. So in fact, it's not easy without special purification to reach certain frequency ranges in the subtle planes. 
This happens faster through the tools of the physical. But once a certain frequency is reached, and by that I primarily mean the realm of the wise brotherhood, then mere presence in this materiality is sufficient for further purification. Helping, acting, being in these planes is cleansing and enriching. In these very high levels, below which it is not purifying, but this is where that effect actually begins. That's interesting. Yes. So not being in the deceased plane? I would describe it less so. The realms of the deceased are intended for preparation into the next incarnation. So it is not the purpose of this area to clean it. And such in the souls is simply intended as rest and preparation for the next incarnation. So you can't compare it with each other. Hmm, yes, I understand. Please continue speaking. Over time, my perception has transformed in the subtle worlds. At first, I only perceived the essence of the orphan brotherhood. But gradually, my mind expanded. And I have also perceived the other beings of the lower frequency ranges even into the darker frequency areas. Experience is part of the process of expanding my soul. Does that mean one expands their consciousness or their energy field, their energy? One expands their force field. Okay. So you're still as big a soul as you always were, but your energy field, which is you that you radiate, has grown. That's how it this is. This reminds me again of religious images where people are depicted with holy auras. Describe that a bit, this expansion. Yes. Is this like some kind of aura of yours? So no. It is the force field of my soul. This force field expands, stretches, if you will. I see. And what about your consciousness in the process? My consciousness follows this force and thus expands. Wow, that's a bit hard to imagine. So you consist of an energy field and a force field? Uh, no, I am made of the soul that I am and my force field. And all of this is animated by my consciousness. The more power I have, the more awareness I possess. You know the laws, Yes, Sylvia. we've already talked about that. I just wanted to remind you a little bit. There's even a whole big chapter on it. Anyone who wants to dive a bit deeper might want to give it a listen. I believe the episode was called Nature of the Soul. But okay, let's move on then. I once visited the shamans in Drogheda, Cuba, and they told me that I have a very strong spiritual power. Mm. Does that mean my energy field is already very strong? That's exactly what it means. You know, what I find so interesting, that you with your energy field in the subtle realm can have a completely different impact and are perceived differently as well. On the human level, that doesn't have any impact at all. So I experienced that people appreciate my cautious approach to dealing with this force field, actually always perceived as not present. They don't even notice what is called big and strong by the shamans on one side. Do people with this perception just not notice it at all as if it wasn't present? 
My reservation. Human interaction is thus seen as a lack of energy presence. So less presence of energy. However, according to the shamans, I spiritually have so much presence that I could fill an entire room. Could feel a large space. And really, everyone in the room should already be feeling it. What I mean is that my spiritual power seems to do the opposite by making me invisible to people. Well, what can I say? Their differing perceptions in bodies are, as you know, mostly clouded and tainted. They simply do not see or recognize your great strong spiritual power. Not at no. all. They only see your physicality, your delicate physicality, and judge based on that. That there is a lot of strong spiritual energy, pure energy, behind and within it. It is not perceptible to them. By the way, a very nice example of the different states of perception. Similarly, this is the case in the subtle cosmos. A tainted soul in the perception of the deceased level of, let us say, the waiting hall. Cannot sense my presence by the side. Madness, yes. I am right next to this deceased energy, Sylvia. But it takes my also very strong spiritual energy. That's simply not true. Exactly that is the essence of the problem throughout the cosmos. In bodies as well as outside. Therefore, I thank you for your example. As it clearly illustrates how essential this perception training is. I'd like to use the word intense. That's the intense. That's the really intense. I often doubted my strength because it was really not noticed by people at all. Or was perceived so completely differently. Exactly That's the opposite. Until next time. Bye. But then you really have to trust again, right? Within oneself and the cosmos. And one should not hope that just because others perceive you or do not perceive you, Inside. that it has any meaning. That's how it the is. teacher in my shamanic school and the priests among the shamans in Cuba are the only two who have ever used this energy, named and recognized at least until today. Isn't that incredible? That means more than 99.999% of humanity is contaminated because they use such energy. Not noticing, not perceiving, seeing nothing, not catching any of it, even though that's the case. I really have to be careful not to let that get me down, honestly. Sylvia, don't be sad about it. Rejoice in your enriched energy instead. And those who can see it, can see it. Whoever has eyes to see, let them see. This quote lives in your world. This is a gift and a result of your journey. Encourage others not to despair by reflecting this through your presence. You've put that very nicely. Do not despair of the reflection. Uh, don't despair at the reflection. I want to give this to you as well. Do not despair of the mirrorless. What people reflect back to you, do not despair over it. 
Keep uh, going. Huh? You will find those who recognize you. It certainly requires a certain perseverance, and that in turn shapes our trust. So it is. Your so trust. it is. Please go on. My further description will name the forces in the cosmos as they interact with each other. However, I would like you to open a separate chapter on that. We call it the movements of energies towards each other. Okay, I understand. Would you like to add anything? No. Then thank you very much for the exciting chapter. Until next time, thank you, dear. Thank you, Sylvia. <laughs>